Love the British monarchy? You've come to the right place. Welcome to the To Die For Daily podcast with Kinsey Schofield. Take it away, Kinsey. Hi, guys. Welcome to the To Die For Daily podcast. Kinsey Schofield here with a friend of the program, Emily Adami. You are my go-to. You're my favorite um, seeker, searcher, astrologer. You know, you, first of all, you, you, you've message me things all the time out of nowhere that come to fruition and it's crazy it's crazy fun but i hope and i hope you don't mind me sharing this this morning i woke up to a message from you that said you know this is like they're living a fantasy or living out a fantasy and this of course is in regards to the harry and megan quote-unquote car chase the story has kind of unraveled throughout the day um to, to give everybody that's unfamiliar, which would be wild, a recap, we woke up this morning to a statement from Harry and Meghan saying that they were in a near catastrophic car chase, that several NYPD officers and pedestrians, their life were, you know, was in jeopardy throughout this chase. But as the day unfolded, we, we, we figured out that that could be an exaggeration with both the mayor of NYC <laughs> and the NYPD pushing back on those claims as well as backgrid the the firm that t- typically buys these photos saying not only do we not think they were ever in jeopardy but you know that's that's not what we do that's not how we function so interesting to actually see the paparazzi pushing back and saying this story doesn't really hold up um emily Tell me how your day started with this story, the the evolution of you reading this. And, and you know, we're at the end of the day now. It, it's um, Wednesday, the 17th. Uh, how did you feel as you as you crawled into bed this evening? <laughs> um, so when I saw the news immediately, I said no. Um, <laughs> immediately, the feeling was that it was highly exaggerated. Yeah. It was very reminiscent to me of the story that we heard about Archie and the fire situation. Oh, yeah, I forgot out, about that. <laughs> which turned out just to be, you know, um, the smell of smoke, right? Um, there have been many exaggerations that have come from these two and from their camp. But as um, a person that's a medium and also an astrologer, my first feeling was that it was highly exaggerated. I, I get an energy of almost a, a forced energy of victimization, um, yeah, right. you know, that yeah. plays around like Princess Diana and the things that she went through. And I, Harry seems to be a willing participant at this time. So so, I think so that is they, your, yeah. is, in that sentence, are you suggesting that Harry is not the instigator? I think they both instigate. I think that they both put these plans together. I think that they are both a uh, party to whatever these bright, bold ideas are. Um, but whether or not the public actually buys it is, is another thing. I think at this point they have um, made a mockery. Uh, not only of of themselves, but obviously the the royal family. So it's it's interesting to see this play out. It's like things keep unfolding um, where they are consistently the victim. And I I continue to see that specifically for Megan um, coming up over the next like six seven years. So and and I've said this before, and I stand by it. I don't see them staying together. So whether it's actually a full fledged divorce or it will be a separation. 
I do not feel that this marriage will make it. Wow. So I'm obviously not an astrologer. Um, can you explain to me what you feel, what you see, what your body tells you? How do you get to that? And, and it's a sincere question. Do you, you know, are, do you close your eyes and see heartbreak? Um, is it, is it a, a specific card that you pull? How do you determine that? Because you've said this to me for years now, and that's why mm -hmm. I, you know, I believe you. Well, the energy, so it comes to me in many different ways. I actually teach, teach a course on this. So um, it comes in, in through the solar plexus. So clairsentience, so clear feeling. So I will, I will feel it, get a gut feeling. And then I will also see through clairvoyance, different pictures. Um, like I'll get a flash of something. And then I also will feel like a, a deep inner knowing. So things come to me in a myriad of different ways, but it's so, um, it's so intense. And I know that that is a direct message. And I would say 98% of the time it's correct. So I, I go with that. And with these two, I can feel in between the energies and see how they operate behind the scenes and then see how they present themselves publicly and then also individually. Yeah. So obviously they are manifesting their own lives. They have their own plans and things can change. Nothing is fully set in stone, but I have from day one always seen that he was going to separate from the family but that their relationship would not last and that eventually he will, he will go back to the family. Yeah. So he, he pulls away from the Royal family is, you know, full on with Meghan Markle committed to her, but something happens, they disconnect and he returns to the Royal fold. That's what you're saying. So I think that she may actually leave him. I mm -hmm. think that he is actually terrified of her leaving him. I think that um, that's probably his worst nightmare and their relationship is so deeply intertwined. And I think that she, she knows this. So, you know, um, he goes along willingly with uh, her plans and ideas and I'll bet they're not all true. You know, there is a, an element of, of glamor in Hollywood here, right? It's, it's not all accurate. It, some of it is fiction. I mean, I get that. Like last night when she accepted that award from Gloria Steinem, I thought, wow, this I mean, for what? You know, it really should have been the mm -hmm. other way around. It felt like Megan should have been presenting Gloria an award for feminism versus burn her bra Gloria handing Megan the Duchess of Sussex a title you can only inherit by marrying a prince, a man, you know, a, a lifetime achievement award that seems completely backwards. Um, so it does feel a lot of the things that happen around them do feel like fantasy, like things that are highly produced for the brand. But when you talk about Harry being, you know, sincerely concerned about divorce or having this anxiety around divorce, I'm, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but Diana really had that anxiety. She didn't, she wanted to say, you know, she was unhappy in her marriage. Obviously she wanted things to work out with Charles, but initially she just wanted to separate. She did not want a divorce because she was so traumatized by her parents' divorce. And it was why she was afraid to marry Charles within the hours of her wedding saying to her sisters, she didn't know if she was up for it because she 
knew about Camilla and the background, and she feared that they were not going to last forever, that he was not sincerely in love with her. So it is not surprising to me that Harry would be concerned about that and that be a real fear, fear for Harry. Additionally, um, at the beginning of their relationship, it's reported, whether it's Tom Bauer or Valentine Lowe, I can't remember at this point in time, but one of them reported that Megan threatened to break up with Harry if he did not mm-hmm. reveal that they were dating, you know, so mm-hmm. she has used their relationship, you know, she's threatened to end their relationship if she didn't get their way before. So that's that's really fascinating to me that you say that. Um Do you think that they feel like they're on the right path? Because I would have said, oh, really? I, you know, because I would have said um, before the coronation, I would have said I really felt like their brand was crashing here in the States. But then Megan signed with William Morris Endeavor. And I know she considers that a win. And since signing with William Morris Endeavor, we're seeing a change in tone with American media. They're celebrating them again. Obviously, this and in- this incident today, this this you know, definitely um, enhances their victim narrative and the comparisons to Diana are enhanced. Um, So you do feel like they think that they are a success and they're on the right path right now. Yes. And I, what I've said before, I know when you and I've spoken before, I've talked about how he was going to wake up one day and regret many things. And that time has already passed. He's already gone through that, but she does. I feel, um, you know, say to him, if, if A, B and C doesn't happen, I will leave. It's something that does hang over him. Um, but I feel that she has higher aspirations. So there's more to come with this. I feel that at the end of this year, he's going, there's going to be some more backlash around them. And I see more media stuff coming in the future. They've got a really bumpy ride ahead. This roller coaster is not over but she has higher aspirations. And so for her specifically, she feels like she's winning. There's a lot of focus in their energy right now on money and making money and then getting their word out, which we know the book came out and the podcast and all of these other things, but there will be other media opportunities and other partnerships. I think that she actually has political aspirations. Yeah, I think you're right there. Now, when you say their word out, is it truthful? Is it the truth? What is their word? It's, that's interesting. It's what they deem to be their truth. Ugh. Whether or not it's actually based in reality is is something else. Do you feel, you know, you talk about just, you know, your gut feeling and, and I, you know, do you feel like these are good individuals? Are these good people? Do they have good intentions? Or do you feel like they're wholly self-consumed? So I feel that Harry is deep down a good individual. I think that he was picked up in a vulnerable spot. um, And they were destined to meet. This relationship was destined. Everything that has happened thus far was meant to happen, I feel. But as far as Megan, I think at one point, Megan had a more positive and... um, I'd say honest core, but I think that the superficiality and the aspirations and all of the other things have um, gotten in the way of that. Wow. Um, I think that that's concerning 
when you tell me that you also get the sense that there are political aspirations in the future? What do you think? Uh, so I think that she is hoping to run for office. I, I don't. But if, if her heart's see... not in the right place and if it's really because here, I'll tell you what really upset me about this award ceremony. There was a, a, a bio originally published on the website, but it was later updated. And one of the words or, or phrases that they updated it with was describing Megan as one of the the most powerful and influential women in the world. Now, what a striking sentence, right? What a striking accusation, because if she's got that much power, I'd love for her to end the war in Ukraine. Could we do something about childhood poverty? (laughs) You know, like the most powerful and influential woman in the world. You know, I ask you, how do you feel about her heart? I ask you, you know, wow, you know, political aspirations is she seeking power is she seeking control what is her objective yeah she's seeking control yes it it, all of those things um I think that there is a convoluted energy in her where she does think that she can make a great impact or make changes but it, it doesn't come from uh a very deep place um and I'll reference back to Uvalde when she showed up with the flowers, um, I believe they asked her to leave. But but that situation in general, you know, that felt very superficial. Right. Um, Ooh, it was so bad. It was so bad. It was very superficial. So I, I I could I would say that at one point her heart was in the right place, but to me the energy feels very manipulative, and it is about power. It's about power. And it's also about showing other people. It's about, it's a little bit about revenge too, I feel. Oh, I think that's so true. So true. Because I, I, next question on my list was uh, the Princess of Wales, Catherine. It seems like there's so much animosity still there between Harry, Meghan, and Catherine and William. And, you know, I don't know if you read Spare, but there's this pathetic story in the book where Harry complains about a face Kate makes when Megan asks to borrow Kate's lip gloss. You and I are girlfriends. You and I would never mm-hmm. share lip gloss. Like it's just not a normal mm-hmm. thing that people do, but Harry makes a big deal out of Catherine, you know, kind of reluctantly sharing her lip balm with Megan. Um, you know, these, the, the, Megan saying she's not a hugger when we see Catherine out hugging strangers all over the country um, and taking selfies with people. It, it does feel like w- one thing on the agenda when it comes to the Sussexes is to tear down William and Catherine's credibility. What is that about? What is their ultimate objective there? Are they envious that they're the future king and queen? Yes. Yeah, so it's petty teardowns. It's, it's specifically for Megan too, there is an energy of needing to be center of attention, needing to have all eyes on her, whether it's positive or negative, and not handling any other type of authority outside of herself. She feels that she is the authority in the energy that I pick up. So there is envy, there is jealousy. I feel that she's planted a lot of stories against Kate and William that are absolutely farce. Yeah. Um, that have made it to the media that were in the book. And it really is also to elevate them. They want to come out looking like, you know, we're victims, but we're also the good guy. Um, I feel that people are very split around this. I talked to different people and some people love them yeah. and other people just have, it, they leave a horrible taste in their mouth. So 
I think that obviously Harry could have made better decisions. They could have handled things a lot differently, but he is part of this too. He's not an innocent party at this point. So I do think that, yes, power. So I think for Megan, political aspirations and in the U.S., getting to that level is somewhat a level of royalty here. Right. And so I, I think that that's her, her end game. And that, like you said, revenge, that also shows the royal family, I can do it too. I can be, I'm going to be your equivalent over here. Um, yeah. Although I do think she would struggle to get the, the the amount of votes she would need to accomplish that goal. Do you think that their business pursuits will be successful? Now, I know that like rich people are always investing in things that make them richer. So mm -hmm. I'm sure that they've got all of those, you know, those financial situations figured out. I'm not asking about that, but what about these kind of public, public projects that they have to push out that, that contractually they have to prove their value. The idea of them going into rom-coms on Netflix, mm -hmm. the idea of season two of archetypes, are those going to be considered successful? I do think you told me archetypes would be successful almost out of morbid curiosity. And you, you were correct there, but Will these new ventures prove to be publicly a success? I feel that some of them will be, but others will not. What I keep seeing, though, with all of these projects is that they are very challenging for them. They're challenging to get off the ground. They're challenging to get everybody on board. And is that they're because always... they're is that because they're difficult to work with? Emily? Yeah, yes. Yes, it is. That's huh. exactly right. There are obstacles created by themselves because they want things to be an ex exactly a certain way. So they're not willing to um, not be in charge. So this is why some deals have fallen through. And also they were not able to get what they wanted when it came to the royal family, when they were doing some of these deals, I feel. And so they've come up against a brick wall in many of these instances. Um, but I do see them coming out with more media um, partnerships and other energies. But again, for her, any press is good press. Oof. So yeah. it's, it's, well, you know, I was wondering, she, that's, that's, I, she, okay. I, I want you to finish that thought, but let me just say this to you today, because I was wondering if it was killing her that we weren't walking away from last night talking all about her award. If last night the narrative became, oh, my gosh, they were almost in an accident that, you know, was very similar to Diana's. Would she walk away from, you know, today angry that we weren't talking about her gold dress, her stilettos and her, you know, um, her her blowout? Would she be angry that the focus was on the on this what a near catastrophic event, which is highly exaggerated? Or is she like, well, I'm I'm in, I'm the headline and now I guarantee I'm going to be the headline all week. Thanks to this, you know, exaggerated story. Yes, because people feel sorry for her. So any oh. type of sympathy that she can garner, if she didn't get what she wanted from the first one, she was going to do something else. Um, to draw attention. But regardless, it was going to paint her in a, a limelight of victimhood, because that's how she feels that she can rise up because she's going to rise up as this powerful woman. You know, she comes from this place and she's been put down by the royal family. 
And it's not to say that, you know, the royal family is easy to work with by any means, but you know what you're getting into. Right. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, it's a business. And um, she has been disrespectful the entire way. She's in charge. And so I think um, part of, of, you know, any, any type of press that she receives, again, good or bad, she's going to spin it in her favor to be a victim. And we've seen this pattern time and time again. Yeah. So um, I did, I have heard some mixed stories throughout the day over what happened, and I cannot confirm this. I should stress the word allegedly. One of the stories that I keep getting sent is that it was Harry's driver. It was the driver of the SUV that was driving erratically, allegedly. And that's why the NYPD intervened, allegedly. And that's why they were, you know, moved into a yellow cab versus being in these big, you know, dark SUVs that with the windows tented so nobody could see them, they'd get into this open cab. I mean, I can't justify it to save my life. What What are your thoughts? Could that be a scenario that they they were the instigators um, in regards to the aggressive driving? They got the NYPD intervened and they wanted to flip the narrative. So they yes. released this wild statement this morning. Yes, this feels much more plausible. I actually see them being ushered in and her being quite dramatic about it. Oh my gosh, we were almost killed and just very, very dramatic. So I, I wonder if, again, her perception of the reality she lives in is very different than everyone else. So I think that it's very plausible that that is what happened. Well, you know, it's, it we was, always find out later, you know, oh, the yeah. true story and it's never, it never lines up with what she puts out into the media or what they put out into the media. Well, and, and just, just to jump on that, they had a, a cab driver, Mr. Singh, who, said, I don't think I would call it a chase. I never felt like I was in danger. It wasn't like a car chase in a movie. They were quiet and seemed scared, but it's New York. It's safe. So, you know, just that there's there's a testimony right there that they didn't necessarily feel like they were in danger. And it was interesting to me in some of the photographs that Harry and Meghan are trying to have taken down of them in some of these situations last night. She is grinning from ear to ear and Harry is visibly frustrated. And I'm just like, you know, I mean, I, I have never been in that situation, so I really am not I shouldn't I shouldn't judge. But it's hard to listen to them say they feel like Diana 2.0 and they do to go back and watch the Netflix special. They compare themselves to Diana, you know, for almost but that's the entire the six hours. That's the world they've created, though. You know, yeah. so that's that's the illusion that they live in. So when I see them being ushered into the car, you know, for her, it, it has to be a dramatic scene, whether it actually happened or not. Right. So she's built a whole narrative around Princess Diana. And that's part of her image that she is Princess Diana part, you know, 2.0. So she's going to keep on with that narrative. She, you know, it is her energy is saying, I'm going to take it further than Diana could. But they are they are worlds apart. I I, 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 to I totally agree. I guess I should ask you to expand, though, because obviously I agree with you. But in regards to energy, could you explain a little bit how Megan and Diana differ for you as an as an intuitive person? So Diana was selfless. 
Yeah. She was absolutely selfless and she was very in tune with the love nature, with her heart. She was very in tune with connecting with other people, wanting to nurture and care for other people on a very deep level. She could feel other people's pain. Yeah. Megan is very surface, very disconnected from her own emotions and feelings and is very much in her ego. They're completely different energies. Wow. Um, Where do you see them going from here? Are things going to slow down? Are things going to remain this chaotic? Because this felt like a tornado over the last 24 hours. I I see more chaos coming in the future. Again, they're they're not off this roller coaster ride yet. And I think that eventually she will say, I'm done here. And she will want to move on to what she considers are bigger and better things. So So do you think um, Harry is a part of her political aspirations or does she cut ties with him before she really does make that that pursuit? I feel that it may be she may cut ties before she makes that pursuit, potentially. Wow. Wow. I pick up like a three, four year period here. Um, So it's, again, it might also be a separation of sorts, but I see him going back to um, England. And I think that she will have gotten what she, what she wanted at the end of the day. Um, But I think that he is going to see at some point truly um, that he's going to see truly who she is at some point. You know, I don't. Man, if again, only we could be say... a fly on the wall in that, <laughs> that, that, that second, that time, that day. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I feel like they have a lot of really intense conversations behind the scenes. I see a lot of manipulation and again, she is always holding that kind of what if I could leave you over his head. So, and also with the children. Um, and I think that's terrifying for him. He's already lost his family essentially. So, you know, but it's not uncommon for people who are very power driven. You could say they have certain personality disorders, allegedly, um, you know, to isolate people from their families, to, you know, have that, that person make them their complete center to, you know, create fictional stories um, and, and play the victim and to manipulate. And I think a lot of this is going to come out later. Well, do you think Harry will, would ever write a book about this relationship? I think if he did, it would be way down the road because he would feel quite embarrassed um, because I, I really see him at some point going back and thinking, okay, I was quite vulnerable during this time. He had not fully healed from his mother and he was in a tight spot emotionally. So if he did share it, um, it would be further down the road. Okay. I'm I gonna just ask think you... too. Oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go I was going to say, I just think too, also for his children, it might be something he refrains from, but yeah, he does have a, he does have a life path though, where he is supposed to be speaking his truth. And I think I've talked to you about this before. Uh, I think I've said this before. He is supposed to be getting his truth out, his word out. And he was meant to write a book. And I do feel like potentially there could be another book in the future but it, it's it's 
maybe not in such the uh, impulsive way that he and they continue to do these things. I think he's learning a lot of lessons around that and around communication and how you communicate. And um, I think it's a bit of a mess. I, I agree. That's like the best way I could describe it. And that would be a great way to end the podcast, except I have one more question to ask you. I am enthralled mm-hmm. by this story that came out before Mother's Day. It was photographs of Meghan Markle walking into a sushi restaurant with Prince Harry. This is obviously newsworthy. Hashtag not. Um, but they really are rarely papped. Um, they are especially rarely papped in Montecito. And I talked to a paparazzi friend who said, look, we're not going to drive four hours round trip to camp outside of a house of two people that never leave their house. It, their return on investment is not there. So it is odd. It is rare to get photographs of Megan. And typically, if you look at pictures of Megan, when she is out and about, there's like one picture, there's one photographer in the lens of her sunglasses. So you're like, well, obviously, you're, you know, somebody's either super stalking you or maybe perhaps just maybe allegedly suggesting somebody made a call to let them know you were going to be there. Wink, wink. Uh-huh. Um, but this idea that Megan went to dinner with Cameron Diaz and Gwyneth Paltrow the other night, the paparazzi shots I've seen of Cameron Diaz and her husband, they're not even acknowledging Harry and Megan walking into the restaurant. There's no proof that Cam- that Gwyneth Paltrow was there at all. What is your vibe? To me, I'm hearing Hollywood is rejecting these two, that they are seem like drama fixated on the negative and nobody wants the association because they're bad news. They're drama. I mean, look at what happened today. Uh, what is your just instinct when it comes to the the storyline that it seems like her new agency is trying to develop Megan, this power player running with power players like Gwyneth Paltrow. Right. So I feel that they are being set up with these dinners. They're being introduced to people. Oh, so you think that those- this might've really happened? But but let me just say this, I feel that whether or not the other parties are actually coming to the table or actually meeting with them, they're trying to get these things set up. But I feel that they may be nice to their face, but when it's all said and done in in the background, they have their own PR teams, I feel, say, like, put the kibosh on this. People don't want to be associated with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Because I do believe and we have, you know, Tom Bauer's book Revenge, I think goes into it pretty heavily, that Sunshine Sachs specifically her previous PR firm did reach out to specific celebrities when things were low for them and say, hey, would you mind, you know, giving a shout out to Megan and saying, you know, hey, in defense of Meghan Markle, this sucks or whatever. So we know in the and I mean, even look at Tyler Perry, we know that people have reached out and said, would you do us a favor and support these two? So I, I, you know, it doesn't surprise me to hear you say that. But in this specific instance about Gwyneth Paltrow and Cameron Diaz at the sushi restaurant, to me, I don't think eye contact was ever made between any of those individuals. And, And you're telling me that you got Meghan Markle going into a sushi restaurant, but not Gwyneth Paltrow? That's what. How does that happen? Right. I don't, again, I think that they find out either where where people are or they try to set things up through their PR. Or even maybe they they have somebody say something happened that didn't happen. Do you think that that could be a potential? Yeah, I think that that's plausible too. The thing is, is these two, they're, again, it's all, everything's an illusion. 
(laughs) It's not, it's not all based in reality. So, you know, they're, they're selling you a brand and they want you to believe A, B, and C. But what I pick up heavily from people in Hollywood with them is that they don't want to touch it. So whether or not they were actually there, whether or not they actually engaged in conversation is another thing. I think that people are, are kind to them, you know, at, at face value, but behind the scenes, not, not kind. They don't want to be associated. And, and just, um, you know, I, th- I've noticed, and I don't know if you pick up on this, but I've noticed that Megan is never, Megan never has her fingerprints on anything. Everything that happens happens through somebody else. Megan didn't call the Royal family racist, uh, Tyler Perry did in the Netflix documentary. Oprah and Gail go on TV and say they have receipts that the royal family's racist. It's almost like they always have somehow, whether they inspire it or they specifically ask for it, it feels like somehow their hands are always clean because they get other people to do their dirty work. I mean, it's an art form. Well, it's a it, victimization. It, it's a whisper. Yeah. You know, this happened to me. And, and people really, there are people that really play into it and buy into it and they want to help her, but they eventually they see everything. I think about, um, which one of the Williams sisters on the podcast, you know, Megan made this outlandish story, how they were such great friends, all these things, Serena, Serena, Serena. And then later it came out that none of those things were true or even transpired. So I think that once people get bitten by her, then they're like, I'm not, I'm not touching that again, but I think she keeps certain people and I'm not going to say who, uh, females that are in the media in her back pocket and, and plays off of that energy. And they see her as also a way to make money. Well, I'll just say Gail King allegedly and move on. quickly. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, anything else you'd like to share with us, Emily? Did you, you know, any other vibes you got that I didn't ask questions around? Um, I, I just think that they're going to continue to have a tumultuous year. At the end of the year, I do see a lot of grief around Harry and I see a lot of um, energy next year around him still trying to, he, he may not be saying it outwardly, but there's still some energy next year around him trying to repair certain things within the family because there is money that they did that they they feel is still due to them oh wow! so we will see how that plays out and do you get any um any feelings about megan and the markles because i you know i saw at page six i saw a headline today that said you know the royal family did not reach out to harry after his car chase well what about the markles these are two individuals and neither one of them are talking about their families do you see any healing for megan markle and the markle family i mean she didn't call her I, dad when he had a stroke I don't. I don't see that ever being repaired. And I do feel that um, the the court case and all of those energies, there are allegedly certain things that have gone on behind the scenes that have made it really difficult for her sister. So I think that there's no going back. There's no going back. Well, that's that's sad. I mean, you know, how do you function in a world and you and I are friends. We talk about our family stuff. Like, how do you function in the world without our family? Because we're like boomerangs. You and I will we'll talk on the phone and be like, this mm-hmm. and this and this is going on. And I'm so frustrated. And mm-hmm. the next week we talk and we're like, everything's great. Everything's good. I can't wait. To, you know, I, I can't wait to do this thing with my, you know. So we, we and that's 
I think that we're stronger when we have that connection to our family. We understand things about ourselves better because we have that connection to our family. Like that's just, to me, it's like, how does she function in this world? And how does she function in this under all, under this intense spotlight and criticism without that support, without the only people she grew up with and that supported her and helped her get here? Well, again, I think she is, you know, the center of her own universe and that she wants to have the power and control and her family in her own eyes does not make her look good um, or, or acceptable. And I think she's willing to do whatever it takes to get what she wants. And so for her, she is going to come at the angle of basically I'm an orphan and <laughs> I've been rejected by all of these, my own family and also the Royal family. And moving forward, she's, I'm going to create my own. I'm going to cultivate my own power. Wow. Okay. Emily, you, you talked earlier about teaching classes. How can people keep up with you? How can people learn more about you and what you do? Give us the rundown. Okay. So my website is www.soulhouse.life. And my Instagram is at Emily, E-M-I-L-I. And I offer uh, soul mapping readings. I offer psychic readings, astrological readings. I offer psychic courses. And uh, if you follow me on Instagram, I offer discounts also every couple months for my followers, especially if you're a new follower, you get 20% off of any reading. And let me just say, this is a live testimonial happening right now that Emily hasn't heard. I contacted Emily recently and it was like a friendly, just a hi. I don't even, I think it was a gossipy message. It was about something going on in the world in general, which we typically share entertainment stories and, and break it down. But she said something to me about somebody that was reaching out to me. Emily was like, this is bad news. I, I don't get a good vibe. And so I took her advice and I distanced myself and I was recently in London and I met some mutual friends and I got the backstory. Emily was 110% right. I'm so glad. I'm so glad I got, I got out of that situation. Um, so she's super smart, super good at what she does. And, you know, the experience is a lot of fun. So if you are curious at all, you just, you know, you're looking for a new fun person to talk to, a new outlet. Um, absolutely connect with Emily. Uh, aside from being brilliant and great at what she does, she's also a very good friend and and, and very fun to communicate with on a regular basis and watch online. Uh, so I cannot mm -hmm. recommend you enough, Emily. Thank you so much for your time Thank today. You. I know I promised to only keep you for half an hour, but you're you're too good at what you do. So I've <laughs> stolen an additional 15 minutes. Well, thank you so much, Kenzie. I appreciate you. And, you know, I, I love having these conversations with you. They're always a lot of fun. All right. We'll have to do it again soon. We'll, we'll talk about William and Catherine because, um, you know, you talk specifically about Harry and Meghan making up some stories that aren't true. That, I mean, yeah. I'm dodging those. I'm dodging those. I'm dodging those. William did <laughs> not have an affair. I cannot stress he, it enough. He didn't. And, thank you. He and didn't. so we're going to have to have an affair. Thank you. We're going to have to have this conversation again. We'll specifically talk about William and Catherine because the interest is there. So let's schedule that, uh, you know, off, off, offline. And thank you again so much for your time to, uh, today, Emily. We love you. Absolutely. I love you too. And we will speak soon.